Hello, KM family, and welcome to the Kingdompreneur Mentor Podcast, where listeners experience God's unfair advantage in life and business, hosted by Reggie Flowers. Kingdompreneur Mentor supports the development of faith-based entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs by helping them to dismantle their struggles and gracefully build a life of fulfillment and success while honoring God. We exist to provide you with the evidence that faith plus skills times belief equals disproportionate increase in your life and business. So whether you're listening in your office, kitchen, car, or on the treadmill at the gym, thank you for trusting us with your ears as we continue to strive to maintain that trust. Thank you, Shannon, for that wonderful introduction. And hello and welcome officially to the Kingdompreneur Mentor Podcast. This is Reggie Flowers, and I'm really excited to have you here today. Get this. Today is our first official episode, and it is going to be jam-packed. It is going to really begin to lay the foundation for what you can expect each and every week when you join us on Sunday to get a piece of God's unfair advantage both in your life and business. And so if you're tuning in for the first time, do me a favor, subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast. You can go to the rssfeed.com or you can go to Spotify, Apple. Please make sure you lock in with us because each and every week per month, we are going to focus on a theme. And so today's theme or this month's theme is going to be building faith under pressure. And I thought the greatest story that I could discuss and the topics that we're going to cover will be centered around building faith under pressure. Because when things are going well, it's easy for you and I to have faith and have hope and be excited. But when things aren't going well, how well do you endure and sustain under that pressure, right? Are you durable under that pressure? And that's a really great question that we have to ask ourselves. And if you're listening right now, which I think you are, you got to ask yourself that question. And just remember this, you're here because you want that unfair advantage. So as we dive in today, I want you to know that um, I'm honored to be here. I'm happy to have you here. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, just understand this, that Kingdompreneur Mentor is going to be something revolutionary, and it's going to be because of your support and your vision that helps support this overarching vision. Okay, And so what we're going to talk about today, we have some really great points and concepts that we're going to go through, but I want you to remember this. Make sure you stay until the end because each time we have a conversation, a training, anything that's going to be a benefit to you, we're going to cover some key takeaways at the very end. And I believe this one, we have seven key takeaways and it's going to be a two-minute recap. And those recaps and those takeaways are crucial to having action steps and things that you can implement immediately following the podcast. And so I wanted to really get everyone acquainted with Kingdompreneur Mentor through its origin or the beginning of it. How did we come up with this concept? How was this vision established? And I think the greatest backdrop to this would be you understanding my story and where I was at the moment I truly realized that God's love for me was unmatched. It was unparalleled and what he did in order to get my attention, to help me align myself and really get serious about my relationship with him was really all beginning back in 2014. So we're going to talk about the parking lot evangelista right? And so hold on before we get into that story. I'm going to give you a little precursor leading up into that moment. I'm in a point in my life and maybe you can relate or you may be there right now. I don't know. But I experienced 
pretty moderate success, right? As a professional network marketer, you know, generating a six-figure income, building organizations, helping thousands of people. Things are going well, right? And in this time, I begin to feel like, hey, I'm so good at this. I'm beginning to feel good about myself. But then there's just like bubbling of arrogance that begins to emerge right out of the murky water okay and it begins showing up with this carelessness now everybody's arrogance can be very direct it can be indirect mine was more of an indirect you know being overly generous with dinners overly generous with my travel over overly generous with my time okay and it was really just me putting on the front like hey i made it I told, I proved all the naysayers wrong. Look at me now, right? I'm getting money. <laughs> and so because of that feeling and, and digression for what really led me to become successful, I saw a steady decline beginning to happen in my business. And I thought to myself, well, hey, I can fix this. I'm good enough. I'm great at this, actually. And I just realized that over the next, between 2011 and 2013, there was just this supernatural bind that wasn't allowing my business to grow. It wasn't allowing me to engage effectively anymore. And I was really perplexed. I was frustrated. I was angry. And I couldn't understand for the life of me, why isn't this working? Why am I not producing results like I've done over the last decade? Why am I not in top production anymore? Why is my income you know, dwindling now. Now why am I feeling the pressure of not having money, therefore bills not getting paid and uh, debt collectors are beginning to call on their, their debts. And I'm just really beginning to feel like who, I don't know who this guy is, but I don't know that guy, right? Can you relate where you put yourself in a position, but you're unwilling to accept responsibility? That's where I was at. I was unwilling to accept responsibility for what I have done because I was so great in my mind, even though the results in front of me demonstrated I was no longer great at what I was doing. And so, long behold, I just really began to feel fatigued emotionally. I wasn't able to get things turned around. Now I'm panicking, right? Because at this time in my life, gosh, I'm, you know, in my mid-20s, um, I'm a father you know, of a little girl and I needed to provide her, her mother and I were separated. We weren't together, but I was a single father. And, you know, now I'm stepping into a place where I've now started a new family. So I'm a father of two additional children, two boys, right? At this time they were one and two. And that's a lot of pressure, right? As a primary provider and ensuring that you can do this. And so at that time, my, my uh, wife who has transitioned, right? She's in heaven now at that time. Uh, she was also hanging in there, working hard, helping pay the bills while I was trying to figure it out. And that may be where you're at right now in your life as you're trying to figure it out. And I was scared. I was concerned. I was fearful. And I was frustrated that I could not figure it out. And I felt like I was one of those people who, if I go back into my childhood, I had a wonderful childhood. My mother was a social worker. She provided a great lifestyle. My father wasn't present, but I had really strong uncles who had very established marriages. And so I got to see a lot. I got to experience a lot. And so when I look at my childhood, it was an exceptional childhood. Played sports, you know, academically inclined. You know, anything you would really want for your child, I experienced. And so to now come from that to in this position where I'm making some decisions that aren't beneficial to me 
And lo and behold, I realized that growing up as a child, every Sunday we were in church. There was Sunday school, you know, sing, singing in the choir. I have zero vocal ability. Matter of fact, small story. When I got older, I thought I lost my voice. <laughs> like, I'm like, man, I used to be able to sing. I can't sing anymore. And my cousins were like, no, Reggie, you could never sing. We just didn't want to tell you. So this whole time I had been lying to myself. And we're going to have a conversation, a conversation around lying to ourselves. But I really believe I had vocal ability and I just lost it. Like, it was just one of those things that went away. Lo and behold, never had it. Moving forward with this, the bottom line is that things are tough. I'm frustrated. What do I do next? Okay. The good thing was is that I had a praying mother. That is really it. When I think about all that God has done for me, fast forwarding today here in 2023, I am grateful that I had a mother who was a praying mother. Okay. And I hope that if you're listening, you're a praying mother for your husband, your son or daughter, your sister, your cousin, whoever you are, a praying mother is so powerful and is undervalued and underestimated, but having a praying mother made a big difference as we take you into this story. I'm at a point right now where things are just not working out and I'm realizing that a transition is coming and I'm not sure why it's happening. And so I'm blaming, I'm frustrated. I wanna take you into September of 2014. And I believe it was September 7th to be specific. And um, our local grocery store, which is called Myers, is no more than a half a mile away from our home. Being just a solid dad, I put my one and two year old in a car and said, hey guys, you're gonna come with me and we're gonna go to the grocery store to get some basics. Now I want you to understand what the grocery store experience was like at this point in my life, where we went from a place being able to buy whatever we wanted as frequently as we wanted to now, I'm trying to make $20 stretch, sometimes $30 stretch for a family of four people, okay? And then on the weekends, it would be five because my daughter would come on the weekends. It was very challenging. I realized that when you're struggling financially, you have to be really great at math, right? Like I would have to really calculate like, oh, what is this going to be after taxes? And can I get this? And do I substitute this with that? And do I replace this? And it just became this overwhelming ordeal to go to the grocery store. And so I'm in the grocery store managing very little, two wonderful little boys. I am grateful that they were well behaved and oftentimes they would be, um, there would be compliments that would come from my little boys for their conduct in the store, especially at one and two. The house training was in intact and that we had on lock. Financially, we didn't have that on lock, but the home training we did. I'm walking out and just so we're clear, I live here in Michigan. So September in Michigan is the summer's ended and it's getting cool, okay? Just so you kind of get this visual experience right now. And if you're from Michigan, rep the state, thank you. We appreciate your support. I'm walking out with two little boys and some bags of groceries and um, I'm getting into a Range Rover that I can no longer afford, right? And if you are a car person, it was the Supercharge HSC, Power, but it was becoming a liability. <laughs> and so, um, I'm beginning to buckle RJ and Alex in the car and this woman speaks and says, hey, what church do you go to? And I'm like, where's this coming from? And so I turn around and she's standing there. She has braids. She's probably like 5'3", you know, dark skin complected. 
a big smile on her face. I mean, she was cheerful. And in my mind, I'm like, why is this woman so happy? And so I began to share, you know, our family church and where we were attending. And I asked her, and, and out of respect and reciprocity, what church do you attend? And she says, I'm a street evangelist. I don't attend the church right now, but I spread the gospel, you know, right here in the market. I said, that's so awesome, and thank you. But in my mind, I'm thinking, I need to get these little boys home because they're hungry, and I need to get them secure before they get frustrated from not having food. And then, within a moment, I hear her say, you need to stop worrying so much. Your businesses will be fine. And I looked. I said, excuse me? She said, you're worrying. God has you covered, Reggie. And so she didn't say my name at that moment, but that's what I was thinking when I heard her. And I said, what do you mean? And so in that moment, I want you to, to kind of fast forward here for a second and just be in my shoes. In that moment, I immediately began preparing bottles for RJ and Alex because I wanted to make sure that they had something to sustain them. But I knew without for sure knowing, but I felt it, that this woman had a message for me and I needed to listen. And so literally we spent an hour and a half in that parking lot. And she prophesied over my family, over my relationships, over my future business endeavors, and most importantly, my purpose that God was calling me to accept. And that purpose was that you would rise to the greatest heights in business, and in doing so, you would become an example and a steward helping other large CEOs, executives, find relationships with God. And she prepared me for the journey in that conversation. She prepared me for what I was gonna be up against. She provided me with some scriptures, which we're going to get into those scriptures too. So again, if you're listening intently, you're going to get the facts, okay? But that was the moment where I said to myself, even though I haven't been faithful, even though I haven't been in church each and every Sunday, God loves me. I mean, he truly loves me where he sent a woman that the, the facts that she knew about me could have only been disclosed if she had my phone tapped or she was sitting in my home, you know, hiding somewhere, listening to private conversations. It was that accurate with no exaggeration. So she had my undivided attention. She had my undivided attention about knowing about my daughter, knowing about my circumstances, knowing about what I was attempting to do and what wasn't working. But ultimately, she confessed and actually professed the importance of my relationship with God and then honoring that. And when I look back today, that was the true definition of commitment or a covenant that was made by me to pledge my life to God, to pledge my commitment, my bond, everything that was covenant related, that I was going to uphold that because to be quite frank, I was ready for a change. I needed things to change. I've always had grand visions. I've always seen my life being extraordinary. And you may feel that same way. 
And in this moment, I knew that I had to give first in order for it to happen. So I wanna dive into exactly what happened with the parking lot evangelista and what you could take away from this experience and understand that this is truly the inception of Kingdompreneur Mentor, that I was going to be a kingdompreneur, that I was gonna be an entrepreneur, someone who was gonna build and create and develop businesses, take on enormous financial risk and diversify that risk across several different entities and industries. And when I look at what I'm doing today, that's exactly who I've become. But you're going to do it with kingdom principles. You're going to honor God while you do it. You're going to move different. You're not going to fall to Satan's schemes in order to accomplish success. You will do it God's way. And when you do it God's way, it comes with tremendous benefit, but there will be an enduring season and there will be some challenging times that the easy way you had thought you escaped that, but the facts are you want to build something that's sustainable, whether it be your relationship, whether it be your economics, your health, you want sustainability, right? And that's why you're listening to me right now because you're seeking sustainability, both in your faith and in economics. And so I'm going to talk to you exactly about what we discuss. And so the first thing is, is that I want to talk about just God interceding, right? Because in order for that to take place, there has to be someone praying on your behalf. There has to be someone who is going to God on your behalf saying, God, please protect, please help, please give favor to. There's someone that is doing that for you. And if you, they're not doing that, then my recommendation is that we got to get you into an environment of people who love you in a way, spiritually, you know, emotionally, so that they are doing that on your behalf. And when they're doing it on your behalf, you're not going to really know, right? Like, of course, with my mother, I knew because she would tell me. But friends who are true friends and have, are true believers and true Christians and that they are truly aligned with God, they will do this because they're being obedient, right? It won't be for your benefit. It will be because they're being obedient and, and Holy Spirit has moved them to do this on your behalf because God knows what you need, okay? And so I wanna start my, my first quote. It's gonna come from 1 Kings 13, 6, okay? The king said to the man of God, intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord, and the king's hand was restored and became as before. And so as I stated before, having someone intercede, there's power in that. Power in interceding on behalf directly to the Lord, right? Speaking to God and letting them know exactly what it is that you need. And so for me, that was my mother. The question is, who is that for you? And you may not have the answer, but... I promise you, as you continue this journey with us, with Kingdompreneur Mentor, and you get aligned, you will find out, okay? You will find out that there's someone interceding, and that someone may be us in the future as we begin to build a relationship, right? This is what this community is all about. And so, Bridget was the response to an accessory prayer. She was the evidence that I needed. And I think that's what the journey Today, as I look at my spiritual journey, it's always provided me with evidence. Or for some people, the word, they like proof, right? But regardless, we serve a powerful God, 
But the problem is for most people is that they understand him from an intellectual standpoint. They can describe him. They can describe what's in the Bible. They can understand the passages and, and the parables in the Bible. But when you ask them, how does he show up in their lives? That becomes the big question mark, right? And so this is God now showing up in my life using Bridgette, providing me evidence of his love and care. And he caught me at a time where I'm at the bottom, where I am open, okay? The arrogance has been suppressed, where the, the desire to, um, to be full of self has diminished. I just wanted to be completely filled with the Holy Spirit. I wanted to be completely humble. That's all I wanted, right? Because I wanted to win for my family. My desire to be great for my family became very critical. It was no longer about being great for me. It became important to be great for my family. And so what Bridget did for me, she equipped me. And I want you to know that after God steps in and intercedes and there's that, that experience for you, then becomes the equipping. So she began to profess what was going to happen in the coming years for me. And some of the things she shared with me was, number one, your daughter, although she's not with you full time, one day she will be. And that was a desire of my heart. You know, I always enjoyed being a father. I didn't want to be a weekend father. I wanted to have all my children with me, right? And so two of my boys with my late wife, we were together. And at this time, I didn't know when. She didn't say when, right? And that's what we had to, to not lean to our own understanding and truly just seek God and trust Him because I didn't know when, but I did believe her that it would come to pass. And as I fast forward today, my daughter's freshman year in high school, she's graduating this year, but her freshman, freshman year, her mother and I came to an agreement and she agreed to allow her to come live with me full time. And before... She came to live with me full time. We were in a condo, a little two-bedroom condo with like four, four or five people living with us at that time, right? My mother-in-law, you know, yeah, so like four or five people. But when it was time for her to come live with me, I had just purchased in totality a 5,500 square foot home, right? With two kitchens, five bedrooms, six baths. And now I had the room for my daughter to come be with me. God made a way. And I'm going to take you through the journey over these next couple of episodes to help you understand how he made a way. And you'll get the in-depth understanding. But he made a way so that she could be here with me. I'm telling you, it was just remarkable. Okay. And so the wisdom that she, she shared was really clear. Number one, she was like, you need to understand Psalms 91, the prayer protection. Because you're going to need to be protected. That spiritual warfare is real. And so if you're listening for the first time and this may be new to you, you have to realize that there is the physical and the spiritual. And majority of the battle is happening, not in the physical, although we see a lot of crazy things happening right now in the world. There's a lot more happening in the spiritual realm. And if you're not protected, if you're not covered, especially shielded with God as your fortress, as your refuge, then you are exposed to so much more than you should be. And so when you begin to have these doubts and these thoughts and these concerns and you begin lying to yourself about who you really are and, and what you're truly capable of and, and these lies become real to you and they begin to manifest in your life, you're not protected spiritually. You may be having weird dreams. 
you may be having visions that are, you know, um, unaligned with the direction you want to head in with your life, right? So you got to realize that the spiritual warfare is real. And so Bridget was preparing me for that. She was equipping me for that, right? So she was like, listen, you need to read Romans 12, Galatians uh, 5, Ephesians 6, and then Psalms 91, okay? Those were the four books that we focused on and specific chapters and exactly those verses or the, cha the entire chapter. And what I realized in number one, it was about protection. Two, focus on less about self, you know, how to live, you know, the godly way, right? So I'm looking at what she provided me was to really equip me for my journey. And that's what I want to talk about is the equipping. So you have to realize that the moment you embrace God differently, and that, that experience will be different for everyone, but now you have to get equipped. You have to be ready now to become educated. You're going to have to let go of the old. You're going to have to unwind the old, right? You're going to have to unlearn a lot in order to allow new, create space for new inputs. And so Bridget was the beginning of that new input for me. And so that prayer of protection became a very important prayer. And I also created a regimen that will allow me to be consistent. And so if you're listening carefully, the word consistency will truly be the biggest difference maker whether or not you are successful in this or not. And I want you to remember that because you have to be consistent in building your relationship with God. You have to be consistent in your development as a, as a faith-based leader. You have to be consistent in anything you've done well, you were consistent. And anything that hasn't gone well, you were inconsistent. So for me, consistency of communication between me and God daily had to start. And I did that in the shower. That is my sanctuary today, fast forwarding. And it's been my sanctuary. So for the last 10 years almost, every time I get in the shower, that's where the communication starts. And it's consistent because I know each and every day I'm going to take a shower. <laughs> right? So for you, that may be when you get in the car going to work. It could be after or before you eat. And that opened up such an amazing experience. And, and again, as we get to know each other, you're going to hear more about some of these experiences. But that's where the consistency started. And then the next thing was witnessing God's love, you know, and then what were going to be the next steps? So I already expressed to you that I, I witnessed that, I experienced that. He sent a complete stranger to give me this word, that he took her out of her way and out of my way for us to cross paths. And that was only the beginning. So you got to understand, this is part one. There's three parts to the story, but this is part one. And we're just getting started with it. In and order so, for this to have been effective, this experience, I had to trust in God, right? Like, if you don't trust in God, then you're unable to allow Him to work within you because distrust causes you to question, causes you to disengage, causes you to rationalize under your limited knowledge. So trusting in God is critical. And so I want to go to Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, right? If, you're, if you have the word in front of you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, okay? That word submit is critical. And he will make your path straight. 
So we all know if we're like sheep and we're just wandering around trying to figure it out ourselves that we have someone that can really get us in line, right? And herd us in the right direction and be our shepherd. But submission is really a challenge. And actually, I was on a phone call yesterday with a good friend of mine. He's a kingdompreneur. This brother's dynamic. I mean, he's just done some extraordinary things. He's built a tech company or e-commerce company. He sold it. Uh, he's working on several other major projects. Like He has it going on. And we were having a discussion about just some of the challenges that he was facing, you know, brokering some transactions. And he asked me a question. He said, Reggie, what is the first step for someone who really wants to become a kingdompreneur? Okay. And truly, when you look at a kingdompreneur in his definition, you could be a intrapreneur, meaning you're in a company, you're a leader in a company, you're, you want to work your way up to the C-suite. If you're an entrepreneur, you're outside that company, you're creating the infrastructure and you want to grow your organization to that place. So I don't want you to feel left out if you're working for a company, you still are a child of God and you're an entrepreneur, right? So either way, he said, but what is the first step? And I said, when God comes to you and gives you your purpose, and some of you have already identified it, some of you are seeking it, right? And you just need some guidance on how to kind of align and lock it in. I said, but you have to submit. And the word submission right now is really a hot topic, right? Like when women are like, he wants me to submit to him. And, and we're talking about relationships and man and woman. And that's going to be another dynamic. So I won't fall into that now. But trust me, I have some things to share. Submitting means I have to yield to authority. So that means that I have to move away from what is important to me. Move away from what I believe is the right thing to do or what I should be doing with my time, energy, and resources and submit to that. Now, oftentimes, people are great at submitting to their bosses, right, because they provide them with paychecks. Or obviously, if you're doing something wrong, you'll submit to law enforcement for authority. But when it comes to submitting through free will and submitting to our God, sometimes that can become questionable because we haven't yet had enough evidence in our to establish a true faith so that we can believe beyond what we can see and have a vision, right? So mission has to happen. But you hear in the word, and obviously the book of Proverbs is all about wisdom. And if you're looking for more wisdom, you should really listen to this and submit to it just because it's here, okay? But if you need a little bit more because you've been through a little bit more, then we're going to carry that. But in all your ways, submit. And so in this moment, I am submitting myself to Bridget, because I could have told her, I gotta get my two boys home. Here, let's exchange numbers, let's meet for coffee, let's meet for tea, and we could talk about this later, right? But no, I yielded to the authority that I felt that was coming through her. So it wasn't Bridget, it's what I felt within Bridget that I was yielding to. I was submitting to that, right? And because of that, I was able to get what I needed in that moment, where she was able to lay out the next steps. And I think the great thing about prophecy is that when you submit to it and you trust in God, and I didn't question, I didn't question whether this was true or not. I didn't question if this was real or not. Like I just felt in my spirit, it was real. And on our next episode, I'm going to talk to you about what happened when we met again. See, this wasn't the, this wasn't the only time Bridget and I met at that same grocery store and it was not planned. And so in episode two with the parking lot evangelista, you want to make sure you're there. But here's a couple of things I want you to take away from this conversation. 
Number one, God's love is real. We got to get to a place emotionally to accept it. And so I don't know your journey, my friend. I don't know what you've gone through. But here's what I do know. If you make the decision to to accept him wholeheartedly, it won't go wasted. See, it will only become wasted if you choose to continue in your own way. And oftentimes we have to get out of our own way in order for the blessings to, you know, to be showered over us, right? The outpourings from heaven. Secondly, so remember I was talking about the, the two-minute recap. Recap number one, God's love is real. And we have to make sure that we're in a place emotionally to accept it. So we can't be filled with envy, anger, greed, um, arrogance. You don't want to be honorary. Like you can't be in that place because you can't receive it, right? If I was still feeling arrogant, I wouldn't have been able to receive that moment. So the humility was crucial. The second point, many of you are listening have been called, but you're avoiding the calling. And as I continue to let you into my personal diary, uh, if you will, I did that too. I, I would begin, then I would avoid, then I would begin because I just kept submitting, then yielding. I mean, submitting, then not submitting, and then submitting. And so that yin and yang push or pull over time creates a unique up and down roller coaster experience in your life that really is not desirable or enjoyable. And so if I could impart anything into you right now for you to ingest it and then digest it in this conversation, it would be, you know, if you know already, you've been called and what that calling is, just accept it. Bunker down, humble down, accept it. Just accept the calling. And then he's going to provide you with the game plan, the blueprint, and the manifestation of what will come from that in your vision because you made a decision to accept it. Being called is great, but being accepting is even better because then now you're honoring your God. You're respecting your God's wishes over your life, even though you have a choice. And so here's the key takeaways. Number one, be obedient. That may be hard for some of you. Some of you are hard-headed, strong-willed, and look... In many cases, that's probably worked very well for you. But in this case, if you're going to be a great leader in the kingdom, you have to be a great follower first. Number two, commit. I used to love hearing one of my mentors say all the time, Reggie, the definition of commitment is doing what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. So you have to become someone that truly stands firm in their commitments. Be consistent. I spent time on that. You know what to do. Learn the word. And just don't study it in text, but begin to figure out how is it applicable in my life. You know, oftentimes when my boys are, are having discrepancies, we'll go to the word and use it as a governance tool, right? What is the true most effective way? Not so much about right or wrong, it's ineffective or effective. And so that's an effective way. So that's why you want to incorporate the word to make it more of a governing body of your life, more so than a book that you study. You need to evaluate your environment, how you're living, your home. You know, I'm welcoming you into my home. Thank you for hanging out. So this is not a backdrop, right? This is my, I'm in my basement. And, but... 
I remember when the environment was different, but in my mind, I created an environment for prosperity. In my mind, I created an environment of success, faithfulness, right? So you can create environments within less desirable environments before you manifest or produce the environment you desire. So you don't have to just look at your current circumstance as the all-in circumstance. Get equipped. You got to get informed, educated, enlightened, and you have to be open enough where you're putting yourself in a position where you can receive new information, where your biases are set aside and all the media and influence and everything that's, that's constantly keeping your attention, with primarily the enemy's desires and, and constructs and, and plans and schemes, you have to now make room for inputting opportunities for both growing in the word and growing as a person. And that's what we're going to help support you in that process is growing as a person. Because the word is the seed, you are the soil. And until your soil is enriched and prepared to be an environment for that seed to take root, it will continue to be planted, but it won't take root. And therefore, there will be no, there will be no evidence that of what it is that God's called you to do, what he's promised you. You won't see it because you are unaligned, okay? And number seven, don't miss next week. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be another great conversation. This is our first conversation. Uh, so make sure that you do us a favor in this moment. Subscribe, join the movement, help support Keenanpreneur Mentor. We're a nonprofit organization. And we did that on purpose because this is God's community that we're building. So we won't own it. We're just going to steward it. And that's what we're focusing on is raising up stewards we have enough people owning stuff right now. We need more people stewarding. And with stewardship will come the unification of God's body. And, and, and that will be part of our ultimate goal. And so I hope this was of value to you. Comment. Let me know. Share thoughts. Um, review this. I, I have tough skin. I won't take it personal. But thank you for your time. KM family, what an incredible episode we just experienced on today's show, packed with wisdom and enlightenment. Remember, please subscribe to our newsletter, podcast, and YouTube channel for the best results. In addition, you can contribute to Kingdompreneur Mentor by commenting, requesting topics, or emailing us. And if you desire a deeper relationship with Kingdompreneur Mentor, visit our website at www.kingdompreneurmentor.org and learn more about our courses, masterclasses, and live events. We pray that God's favor goes before you and prospers your way and that people go out of their way to bless you.